0: It's everything that you need to make a podcast in one place So download the free Anchor app Or get to anchor.fm And get started One love Hello all it's your man Sean Black, and welcome to the first episode of Sean Explains the World. What I can see going on right now in the news is the election. If it sounds weird, it's because I'm uh I'm hiding in the closet to record this episode. Of Grown man in the closet recording an episode. That's a little wild, right? But you know, only place I can get a you know, my, my microphone solid until I get the, the actual microphone set back up. But I don't know who y'all voting for. I'm voting for me, the hip-hop party for change. But um, let's look at the candidates. Let's take, a, like, a real-life look at the candidates that we have running right now. So uh, let's start on the Republican side. We got the the uh, incumbent, the current sitting president... Man, in light of recent news, man, sound like he's about to be in a world of trouble. We already know you know that he has a certain feeling about veterans, but this uh, news about Russia that The Wall Street Journal wrote about if it's true, and this is kind of bogus. And if you haven't uh, read on what that is, the Wall Street Journal just published a story yesterday that said uh, that the president knew about Russians with uh, bounties that they were paying the Taliban for American soldiers, man. So we'll see what that turns into in the next couple of months. Prior to that though, you know, we gotta kinda see why he feel like he should be reelected. It's weird because a lot of people disagree with me when I talk about um, the current sitting president. I didn't vote for the dude, but I realized that a lot of people dislike him. Like, he got one of those personalities, you either like him or you dislike him, There's all the way. There's no in-between, just one or the other. And I'm trying to figure out why people dislike him, man. We gotta ask ourselves what he did as the president, right? So, in the spirit of fairness, like, let's listen, let's, let's discuss this in fairness, you know, not just from, you know, political uh, sides, right? I I believe he made a lot of mistakes as the president so far, but I also believe that there's a lot of things that happen because of him. man. And sometimes you get a, a gift and it's wrapped in a wild package though, right? So everybody had been complaining about how Congress was stale and it was the same people getting voted all the time. You know, how p- politics was just kind of like like just kind of stuck, right? But America has a love for for celebrities, so it was. There's no doubt that a celebrity could stand on national television and say, "I could shoot somebody in Times Square and get away with it," like, and then that person become the president is because of celebrity, right? But let's ask ourselves what happened. He did the interview on the bus, right? and he said some some words that was really foul right and it started the me too movement right it's crazy like it started the me too movement the current sitting president kept telling people that he was gonna uh drain the swamp and everybody kept saying oh well, you know it's been the same for all these years and nobody could do anything and then like the Me Too movement happened and all them dudes got afraid so they quit And like now we got the largest female demographic of Congress people that America has ever had in the history of America. That's kind of wild right there, you know? That's a big up, right? But again, you know, we look at his stance on soldiers and soldier things. My personal belief is that you shouldn't be the president unless you have some sort of military background. And I say that because when you are in the military, Even if you are one of those people who kind of don't mess with a different a specific group of people, you know, if you racist or whatnot, the the military does provide a place for you to hide if you if you wanted them type of sneaky people. But if you like really get into the military experience, you're going to learn about people that's not from where you're from. And I think that exposure would lend itself to somebody being a good leader for all of the people and I kind of think that that's one of those things, right? If you just been exposed to your surroundings forever, right? Then where's the growth happening, right? And if you don't have growth, then how can you successfully lead people that need for you to do things on their behalf, you know? And that's kind of I feel like that's a that's a thing. Now the the uh, the opposition candidate. To the sitting president, you know, uh, it's not my experience that he had any military service. I know that, you know, his record—if we're looking at politics—his record, politics, record kind of speaks for itself. Like, this is a dude who, in 1975, opposed busing, right? Um, and and the the uh, desegregation of schools, like, legitimately. This is also. You know, a person that people feel, I mean, I get he has some lofty ideas, but there was an uptick in people being, black people being killed by the police when uh, he was the vice president. And, um, like there there was no new laws passed that like keep that from happening. Like, you had a bird's eye view then. Like, and you didn't do nothing. Like, to kind of prove that you wasn't the same dude that made them comments in 1975. And I feel like if you would have said something, you know, I don't know, man. I get that you, that, that he got these political ideas, but they, they like, are real politics. And, like, for years, we've been suffering from politics, man. Like, I mean, I'm I'm in the spirit of fairness. I'm willing to give anybody a try who, you know, cements themselves in the, the uh, reality of helping the people. But, like, you got to show your track record of how you've been helping people. You know what I'm saying? And I don't mean that to be like, oh, you got to keep score on what you do. But, like, there should be some people vouching for you if you say, you know... This, I'm my, I'm desirous of being the president of the people there should be somebody like oh yeah yeah that would think, I think that person would make a wonderful president because of the things that I've seen them you know do over the years and like if you can't show and prove that then like why would you really try to be for the people and you can't be one of those people that's just like oh well some people have to suffer because we can't do we can't please everybody but like I submit to you, if you try to please the people, right? Like the people want the same thing right now. Everybody wants security in their jobs. They want to make sure that they're that they have insurance. And like, if they go to the hospital, if their kids are, end up in the hospital, then they would be alright. You know what I mean? People want a living wage where they can, you know, support their families and take vacations so they they can, you know get back to themselves man uh there's several industrial countries that do that that allow for something called the 13th month where they get an additional paycheck for a month so that they can afford a family vacation you know it's a lot of different things that you could do to change the the narrative of of all of that man like but being the president of the people you like legitimately have to be on that like that you ready to help the people and i mean all the people because when all the people are getting it, then it work for real. You understand? Like, it'll actually, like, it'll actually work for everybody. You know? And I think that's pleasing to everybody. So if you're saying you can't please everybody as the president, I I beg to differ. You know? I know there's gonna be some opposition to that conversation just because it sounds so lofty, right? We can help everybody. But, you know, the majority of America is suffering from you know not having you know and i don't mean excess i just mean like the basics you know like is the basics if so if everybody could get to if the president was like yo i'm going to help people get the basics like that's the thing that makes people go like oh yeah i want to vote for this dude you know what i mean but like it's also kind of wild right that they uh, both haven't really gone in about, you know, the whole police situation, man. I'm for real, man. Like, these issues really do get me fired up, but we're going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back with the madness. As it pertains to the police, man, this is how I see it, right? Right? If I'm a police officer, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't want these dudes to be like the representatives of what police are doing. You know what I mean? Because for lack of a better phrase, right, they messing your money up. You know, when these people like are, then they kill people and it's not justified, right? You got to do a gang of extra paperwork just to kind of make sure that it don't come or see the light of day. But then like now we in the digital age where you seeing things at the drop of a hat. So you got to think they messing your money up. But like that time that you want to spend with your family, like you can't spend it because you doing paperwork. You dig what I'm saying? And like that's the, then like, you know the paperwork got it when the when the paperwork hit the union the union got to try to do their thing they put an extra it's putting extra stress on them and but then it's putting extra stress on the community so now the community don't trust you you don't trust the community so now there's anger in the in in, in the policing right which causes tension in the neighborhood right if y'all was on in tune, like, man, we can't have these dudes representing us, you dig what I'm saying? Then you get confidence in the people. That's when the people like, okay, well, let's see what's shaking with the police. I, I, I can't lie. I feel like everybody know, I feel like everybody knows some police that's cool. Male or female, black or white, you know at least one police that's like, yeah, they cool. But at the same time, though, the police that police these neighborhoods, right, who actually, you know, get in tune with the people and they start learning who's in the neighborhood, they know the people. They know the people, you know what I'm saying? And they cool with people. They know all the cool people. So when things happen, they don't, that's why they don't say nothing. They just like, man, I can't believe that this happened. You know, I want to say something, but, y'all gotta like legitimately think about y'all family members that's not part of the police force. You dig what I'm saying? What if they in the streets and they saying or doing something that somebody else just feel like they don't like? You dig what I'm saying? That's gonna be an issue. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like if you the police you gotta look at it from the standpoint of like This could be me at any point you dig. All I got to do is catch the wrong dude on the wrong day. So, like, you got to be like, man, I don't want that to represent us. I don't want them people to be representative of us. So if it take a class or if it take, you know what I'm saying, y'all getting out to the community to, like, actually learn the people, you dig what I'm saying, that's where the confidence going to come from. That's where people going to be like, okay, well, I trust, you know, what they got going on. But the more you run into neighborhoods where you're not from, you know what I'm saying and you've been watching the news and they've been feeding you these lies about what the people is like then the only thing you're going to do is go in with aggression and you're going to approach with aggression and people going to reciprocate you dig what I'm saying so if you every police officer know when they come to anybody block if they come with respect everybody on the block give them respect they show them respect you know what I'm saying it's not till the aggression come that people act you know they respond accordingly you know I can't come to your house and, you know, kick your your silver your off the table and then kick your plates off the table and then tell you to put some food on the table and, you know what I'm saying, you not get angry, you would be mad. You would be like, man, what is you, you know, why do you wanna, why is you doing this, you dig? So that's kinda gotta be the protocol, right? You got to be like, yo, these dudes don't represent us. And then y'all got to really make a a effort to bond with the neighborhoods that y'all police. You do that, it'll change everything. But then since we speak into police, we got to ask ourselves how we got to where we are with policing. Because it didn't used to be like this. I know if you went to school, if you went to, to elementary school in the 80s, right, early 90s, then you remember Officer Friendly. I don't care who you are, what city or state you lived in, you remember Officer Friendly. And Officer Friendly was like the police that you like, they used to come to the school and be like, yo, if you get in anything and you need some help, call the police. And they used to be kind of cool, but that was before the pipeline to prison. So, you know what I'm saying? Maybe we should go there to figure out how we got to the state of policing right now. We're going to take a quick break and I'll be right back with the madness. So, how do we get to the, the state of policing that we are now? In 1994, the Democrats in- introduced this bill called the uh, the Crime Bill. And that bill, right, gave us mandatory minimums. It gave us the three-strikes law, right? And it gave us... Um, militarized policing now we got to ask ourselves like who who would sponsor a bill like that and like why would you try that you know then like for a long time democrats have been seen as you know kind of weak on crime right like republicans was like the, the people who was like yo tough on crime we gonna make sure crime don't happen but Bill Clinton became the tough on crime Democrat, right? And when he did the tough on crime bill, Joe Biden stood up and uh, gave like a seven minute speech on the Senate floor about why this bill should be enacted. This is the same dude did the bus thing, but why the bill should be enacted. But, we can't even entirely blame him in, in the Clintons, right? We gotta blame like the people who asked him for the bill. And y'all be surprised though, right? All the black leaders at the time went to the president and said, hey, can you help us clean up our neighborhoods? Right? And they asked he asked them what they wanted. And they told him that they wanted to, you know, something that'd be tough on crime. And like, that's what we got. Dig, but like these are the people who are leading you and voting. Like they're telling you who to vote for and things like that. But like we've been keeping, you know, people in positions where they're not fully representing the people anymore. You dig what I'm saying? We gotta like we gotta regroup, and we living in the stage where everybody kind of expresses their opinion. You dig what I'm saying? So. Um, we can kind of tell what we want. You dig? There's no, like, there's no leader for other people, other groups of people. You know what I mean? Um, There can't be anybody speaking one voice for, or, you know what I'm saying, for black people because the black experience is different in America for everybody. You know? Some of y'all grew up two parents in the house with a gang of money. Some of y'all grew up two parents in the house broke. Some people grew up one parent in the house a gang of money. Some people grew up one parent in the house broke. The black experience looked different from a a variety of different perspectives. So, I don't think that there's a collective that could speak on behalf of black people. It's not like how it was in the, you know, the 20s and 30s where everybody was kind of like on the same thing like okay we just need equal we just need jobs and the ability to vote you dig what i'm saying and while we appreciative of everything in the past i know a lot of elders in the um in the community don't think that uh people that are their juniors appreciate their sacrifice it's not that the sacrifice goes unnoticed you know what i'm saying we understand it but when you you got to under you have to understand that we grew up listening to, Jeff Jesse Jackson promulgate the fact that if the mind could believe it or can conceive it, and we believe it, then we could achieve it. For y'all to give us that rhetoric, and then when we started implementing it, right, we would get in trouble with school because we would butt heads with the instructors because they would try to educate us differently than they would educate different students. You dig? So we got seen as people who were bucking the system. And then that, in turn, led Hillary Clinton to give the super predator speech. Now, I could just tell you that that was the early 90s. We were all under the age of 18. But, like, now us and our children are the biggest demographic of voters right now for the black community. So... We have to figure out if we gonna reconcile the idea that we was called super predators without them even having, you know, uh, ample evidence to prove that. Like, we gotta reconcile who we gonna vote for. And like, these are the people who was responsible for the degradation of our community. Losing our friends. We lost a gang of friends. I think our generation was the first people to start having multiple friends that died from violence. You know, you listen to these little young people now, they know pl- 10, 15 people by the time they, you know, 16, 17, who have died from, from violence. So we gotta change that narrative. And how do we change the narrative? It goes back to understanding the community. So once, the, once we get the community together, we can talk to the community, okay, well, what, what should we be looking for, you know, as a representative for the people? You dig what I'm saying? I, I really believe everybody just want to go to a freedom, man. People saying, man, we got to defund the police. I dig it what you talking about, but I think a lot of people are blowing it out of proportion. People saying defund the police, they don't mean get rid of the police. They just mean, like, let's stop, you know, militarizing the police. Be focused on more of, you know, the personable side of the police so, that, so we can build trust again. If you go look at, I mean... I'm gonna just be honest, man. Go look at, at London, go look at Germany. Though I promise you, I've lived in Germany for a lot of years, visited London a few times, Amsterdam, same way. Like, the police is different. They don't gotta be aggressive, you dig? And y'all don't, They like the police in America don't gotta be aggressive either. It's just that this idea that like, the media keep perpetrating, you know, that black people are a terror to the country. Like, you can't believe that. The first person that died in defense of America was a black dude. Like the first guy that died in the Revolutionary War was a black guy. It was kind of like like a movie, like a Halloween movie. You dig how the black dude always die first. But that's what happened. So to say that black people are not really here to help America and to, to show America some love like we really are. One of our elders came up with this phrase, African-American, and it's like when ever since I was a shorty, like it never resonated with me. I didn't like it. Once you put something before the American, it means that you're not American. I don't give a, I don't care who you are. That's what that means, right? So I like the, the, the phrase American of African descent, right? Because that leans it to the fact that my family was here, set up the country, you know what I'm saying? We spent, we've been here for, you know, what I'm saying seven generations now. Some people ain't been here but two or three generations and they fool Americans. So you're gonna have to get at them. Y'all fought for the country, all of that. So you dig. We need to change that aspect, right? Instead of calling people, you know, whatever it is hyphenated American, let's go with American first and then put the the of descent behind that. Because then they show we all supposed to be here, right? And if we all supposed to be here, then, man, we could really work as a team to get us to the next step. You dig what I'm saying? And that's where we got to go, man. We got to go to the next step. We got to, you know, let's do some cool stuff, man. Pay these teachers what they worth, you know? Pay the public transit people what they worth. Pay the, the, the streets and sanitary people what they worth. You dig what I'm saying? Pay police what they worth. Because I promise you, when all of these people are getting what they worth, then they gonna work better. And when they work better, it's less accidents. And when there's less accidents, it's more conducive to a good life. You don't have to worry about jumping out your bed at two or three in the morning because X, Y, and Z happened. Then we could get to that point. And the only way to get there legitimately is for us to like work together as a team, man. One of my my old Sergeant Majors, man, he was like the coldest Sergeant Major that I ever met in my life because he knew everything all the time. Sergeant Major James Jordan, you know, whenever something was a bad idea or it wasn't gonna work, he would always say, that dog don't hunt. And whenever he would say that dog don't hunt, you could feel it in your soul. Like it don't, it's not gonna work no more. So I'm gonna tell you this, I got friends that's from the, the the hollers of West Virginia or from the, uh, the, the, the rocks in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. You dig? I got friends from the middle of Oklahoma. I got friends from Chicago, from New York, New Orleans, Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? Caliwood, you dig? I could tell you this. Everybody want the same thing, we all want to survive. So in order for us to survive, we got to work as a team. All that racism and non-team work, that dog don't hunt. <laughs> I guess that's how all of those things align. One of the candidates, you know what I'm saying, got something to do with that 1994 bill that, you know, the black leaders have bought to him, to the to the president, you dig? decimated the the black community and created militarized policing. So, this is a little bit how my mind worked. Be clear. (laughs) We coming back again next week, man. Till then, I'm signing off. It's your man, Sean Bledak. Why you sitting there with your phone in your hand? Go ahead, jump on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Follow me, Sean Black07, S E A N B L A C K 07. That way you can always hear how Sean explains the world.